Certainly an exciting day for the Edmonton Oilers to acquire Duncan Keith. Just felt like uh, the Edmonton Oilers right now. It was a, it was a good fit, a great fit. Excited to uh, to start this this new chapter of my career and try to win a cup in Edmonton. It's always been uh, my goal to, to be able to stay in Edmonton, and it's just what I've wanted. I've loved my time in Edmonton so far. The team is uh, progressing uh, the way we want it to, and I want to be a part of that. And uh, obviously, the biggest reason I want to stay is that I want to win at Edmonton. Here's McCabe, all the way, scores! Welcome to the Locked On Oilers podcast for this Thursday, November 11th. How you doing out there? I am from TSN 1260 and the Two Guys in a Goalie podcast. Connect with me on Twitter at HernanTheMan and at Locked On Oilers. Oilers, Boston Bruins tonight. Let's get right to it as the Edmonton Oilers uh, take on the Boston Bruins. And of course, the news of the day today was that Mike Smith is headed back to Edmonton for further evaluation after another setback in practice. Not good news for the Edmonton Oilers. You're going to roll with Koskinen and Skinner now. And uh, it's a, it, it seems silly that we're going to be like, well, these guys are 9-2 and two and Koskinen's been in net for a, a large part of that. So, And I get that argument, but we've seen Mr. Koskinen kind of tail off when he plays too much. So there, I I think that's one of the small concerns. He's been good so far this season, and he's going to have to be the the, the go-to guy, per se. And then you got Stuart Skinner, who's only played two NHL games. First one, shaky. Second one, which was on Tuesday. He looked pretty good outside of that third blunder, that third goal blunder. And now we're going to get to find out at least what Stuart Skinner can bring to this team and, and what kind of goal he is at the NHL level. Because after two games, you can't really... You can say, yeah, he was all right. He was good. I don't think he was great. But it's going to be interesting. And I hate that we don't know how long or what the hell the injury is, but you can tell it's kind of like a groin or a hamstring because it's just it's setback after setback, and those injuries take time. So for me, that's that's concerning. But it'd be nice to know a timeline here. And is Ken Holland making a call? Probably is he is he testing the waters to see what is out there and what he would have to do to to bring in a goaltender? Let's just say if this duel doesn't work out. And how long do you give this duel? That is your question of the day. It's a two-parter. How confident are you in Koskinen and Skinner? And how many games do you give this duel before you're like, uh-oh, we might be in trouble? And this was always a concern when you bring in older goalies and Mike Smith is 39 years old so it's it's going to be tough here and uh, the Oilers have a cushion though they're 9-2 it shouldn't hurt them too bad but you don't want to drop too many games uh, you don't want this start to go to waste right so Koskinen tonight in Boston that has been confirmed we'll probably see Stuart Skinner tomorrow in Buffalo I mean there's an outside chance Koskinen goes back to back here depending on his performance tonight and tonight's game is an interesting one so let's get to the lines of course the Edmonton Oilers will roll out with Hyman, McDavid and Pugliarvi RNA with Dryside on Yamamoto, Vogel with Ryan and Turris, and Perlini with McLeod and Sevier. Your decors uh, remains the same from Tuesday, so Cuckoo stays with Barry, Keith and Cece, Nurse and Bouchard. And like I mentioned, it's going to be Connor McDavid, um, sorry, Miko Koskinen uh, between the pipes. And then lines from Boston Media on Twitter for tonight's game will be as follows. You got the top line there that's very dangerous in Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak. You're going to have Hall with Coyle and Foligno. Uh, DeBrusque on your third line with Halla and Smith. And then your fourth line is B. 
Lid. I think I'm saying that right. I have no idea who this player is with uh, Nosek and Curtis Lazara. Edmonton Old King fan favorite defensively. Forbert with McAvoy. Matt Greslick, who has yet to score a point uh, with Brandon Carlo and Mike Riley with Mr. Clifton. Linus Allmark gets the start. This is the first matchup between these two teams since February of 2020. I think Boston won that one in overtime. But the news of the day is the Mike Smith injury. Also, I'll just add this. Zach Cassian remains day-to-day uh, with a lower body injury. But here's Dave Tippett on what transpired with Mike Smith. Date on Mike Smith is he uh, left to go back to Edmonton yesterday, had a setback in practice. So uh, he's gone back to get some further evaluate, evaluation in Edmonton. So... Uh It'll be Koskinen and Skinner for the time being. That was Dave Tippett just, uh, in his words, uh, telling us what's going down with Mike Smith. So hopefully we get a timeline here. And, and it's going to be fun. I mean, everybody's wanted to see Stuart Skinner, and I think we're going to see a lot more of him here going forward. And I, I was so excited to talk about the game. I forgot to tell you what's coming up. We'll be joined by Low Tide coming up here in a few minutes from now as well. We'll talk everything uh, from the third line. The bottom six is not as strong uh, with the injury to Zach Cassian. That's just the reality of it. Devin Shore's out as well. So uh, a bit of um, punch in the gut for the Oilers' bottom six. I'm a little concerned about that group. I'm a little concerned about Slater Cuckoo. Why am I so concerned? You, you, you're probably asking. They're nine and two. No, but we're breaking it down. That's what it is. I'm not concerned about the top two lines. I'm not concerned about Nurse and Bouchard. I'm not concerned about Cody, Cece, and Duncan Keith. So <laughs> there is good, obviously. And the Oilers, uh, this is a good test for them. I think the Oilers can win. I think the Oilers, if you look at it, uh, Boston hasn't started overly well this season, and they're not the same team they were a few years back. So I think the Oilers, even though I think they're un- uh, underdogs going into this game. I don't think this should be that big of an underdog. I think this is pretty even and hell, I'd even give the edge to the Edmonton Oilers here. But there's always stuff to uh, break down and we'll do all that with Low Tide coming up here on the Locked On Oilers podcast as, uh, yeah, it's Thursday. Back-to-backs, Buffalo tomorrow and then uh, more hockey on Sunday. So, uh, Oilers fans, it's going to be a fun time. Hopefully they can get back in the win column as early as today. Coming up next, it is the legend himself, Alan Mitchell, aka Low Tide, right here on the Locked On Oilers podcast with Hernan Salas. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Then I'll welcome in my uh, my partner in crime, one well, radio, uh, the legend himself, Alan Mitchell, aka Low Tide. Low Tide. Uh, I know we've already talked a lot this morning. You were actually very nice. You brought me a coffee this morning. Yeah, it was a mistake. You gave me two instead of one. So. <laughs> that was for Ewanic, wasn't it? <laughs> You had your hand out first. What was I going to do, you know? Hey, listen, uh, big news today is Mike Smith sent back to Edmonton. Uh, another setback here. Uh, we discussed it a lot uh, on your show today, but it's people are probably like, why are you guys concerned? They're 9-2 and two and all this. But, I mean, I think this is a reality, and this is something we kind of feared with two older goaltenders going into the season, and it's happening now. They are 9-2. They have a cushion here to, to continue to play well and, and, and not let it affect them too much. But, your concern level right now, low tide with Koskinen and Skinner as your two goalies. Well, here's the deal: if if they give Koskinen proper rest, then he'll be fine, and I believe that he certainly has been in the past. Even in the year he struggled in 2021, when he had sufficient sufficient rest, he was effective. Uh, you'll recall that Smith was hurt a year ago at the beginning mm-hmm. of the year, in January 2021, 
and he just played too much, and and he was unable to handle the load. But if they give him proper rest, I think Koskinen will be fine. But you're still relying on a on a young, unproven goaltender, uh, and and the orders are you know Ken Holland has gone all in, and I I mean I think that was the smart play to go all in on this team. You've got McDavid and Drysaddle yeah. in their prime. So now I think you you have some time, probably ten games, but at some point you're going to have to make a decision. If Skinner uh, is unable to to fill that role, and I think he's going to get three or four starts here in the next while, if he's unable to fill that role, I I think fairly quickly, uh, maybe you know maybe not American Thanksgiving, but certainly by Christmas, I think they'll they'll have an idea both about Smith's return and about Skinner. And and how good he is, they're going to find out now. They're going to find out how good he is uh, in the next week, in a few weeks. We've seen Skinner in two games. We saw him last year. It was that eight-five game against Ottawa. He looked shaky. He just wasn't ready. Al. This year, he looked. Uh, he looks calm and composed between the pipes. He had that blunder against Detroit, but that stuff happens to uh, to the best of them. This is just an enormous and great opportunity for Stuart Skinner right now. Oh, it is for sure. And. and Here's the thing for Skinner. You know, he doesn't have to be, um, you know, lights out good. He has to be 9-10 good, mm-hmm. like, say, percentage-wise. You know, his first game reminded me a lot of the the game that I think eventually got Laurent Brossois, uh sent out of town against Calgary. Um, it was a, a Saturday night game on Hockey Night in Canada, and Brassois just didn't have it. Now, Brassois is a good NHL goaltender. On that night, he whatever happened, he was unable to to settle in, and it, it didn't cost the Oilers the game, but it cost him, you know, Todd McClellan's trust. And Brassois, if he did play again after that, it was just in mop-up roles, and he eventually was gone. And and I think Skinner's first game was a little like that, except the Oilers won, and, you know, you, you basically had no preseason, no training camp. He was just thrown in there, and he wasn't one of those kids who went over to Europe. So it was completely different. This year he had a full training camp. He played very well in Bakersfield. He had two starts and and two excellent games. And based on everything we have heard, when he arrived in Edmonton when Smith got hurt, he's been looking good in in practice. So in the game, they lost the game 3-2. He did make one error. But in any rational uh, review of that game is going to say that Skinner was probably the Oilers' best player, certainly for the first 40 minutes. And so mm-hmm. when you're when you're evaluating him now, I think he can be more confident. I think he's going to be Laurent Brassois. Maybe he'll be more, but I think he's an NHL backup, and and that's kind of what the Oilers need right now. If you're Kenny Holland, obviously you have faith in these guys, and, and again, the cushion of the 9-2 start gives him time here, but if you're Kenny Holland, what's kind of the first couple teams you're you're dipping your toes into right now? Well, Dallas has three goaltenders. They've got a really good goalie in the in the minors that they can call up. They've got Kudobin, who I think would be the ideal fit uh, for Edmonton. I don't know that they want to trade him, but he's a veteran guy. He doesn't make so much money that you'd have to uh, you know, move heaven and earth to, to get him onto the roster. You could, you could make some moves that, that got you there fairly quickly. So I, I think Dallas is one, and, and I think Kudobin, they're not off to a great start. Maybe they're a little open to change. You, you might be able to get Kudobin. His cap is 3.3 for this and next year. Maybe you get him. Uh, Holtby is the, 
is the backup there. He's even less expensive at $2 million, uh, but he has actually performed pretty well. I, I don't know that Dallas would move him at this point in time. And then, of course, they've got Ottinger in the minor, so I, I very much doubt they would trade. But let's say they trade Kudobin, maybe they would move him up. And, of course, they've got Ben Bishop, and, and I, I, I don't know when he might be back. But they, they've got a logjam there. And, and I think Godobin might be the guy. The other team that people keep mentioning is Chicago with Marc-Andre Fleury. Yeah. He, he hasn't had a great start to the year, but we all know what he can do in front of a really good team. And the Oilers are maybe not a really good team, but they're a good team. And I think that's a if, – if I'm, if I'm handicapping Ken Holland's phone calls, I think that one's the, the most often you know, number called. The problem is the $7 million. He has to make a decision, and it goes like this. If if Flurry after nine games has an eight nine two save percentage, yeah. but you think he can start a lot and play well for you, then I think you go ahead and make the move. It would have to include Koskinen because of the mm. money, Hernan. You you can't you can't acquire a seven million dollar guy if you're the Oilers. It's just it's not there for you. So you'd have to send back Koskinen. Plus, I, I see that as being a bit of a distant bell just because of the the, the cap problem, but it is a player uh, who I, I guarantee Ken Holland values highly in Flurry. That's just his M.O. He likes older players who have a great track record, and that is the personification of Marc-Andre Fleury. Can I agree with you? Koskinen's heading back the other way, and it, it's got to be a big thing, because I just don't see them bringing in a mid-tier guy, then you're kind of in that same spot, right? <laughs> you have a guy that's yeah. just yeah. okay with Stuart Skinner, so we'll see what happens here. Al, uh, Zach Cassian out here. Uh, he's day-to-day with a lower body injury. We don't know what that means. It can be a week. It can be three weeks. Who the hell knows? Devin Shore is out 46 weeks. The bottom six was really improved this year. That third line started well, but like you've mentioned multiple times, they, they kind of went stale, and then we saw some lineup changes, but it didn't last because Cassian was injured so early in that game. Uh, when you look at the bottom six right now, uh, Turris on the right, Right on the third line, Sevier draws in with Perlini and Ryan McLeod, who's also struggling uh, to find his groove in the NHL. Bottom six right now, uh, taking a bit of a hit. It could be a little bit concerning for the Oilers on this road trip. It could. I think that, that uh, Dave Tippett has been known to scrap his fourth line for parts early in games, and I, I think Oilers fans can look for that. I, I, I don't think they'll get nine minutes from the fourth line uh, tonight or tomorrow, maybe tomorrow night. But the, the, the key is that they have options. You know, one thing Ken Holland did do for, for Dave Tippett is he has uh, a, a lot of players who have great utility. Hyman could move over to right wing. Uh, it could be Pugliarvi, Hyman, and Yamamoto. And then on the left side, you'd run Fogel, Nugent Hopkins, and I guess Perlini with Benson on the fourth line uh, left wing. You could do that. You could also move McLeod to wing. Yeah. Uh, he's very fast, and, and he might adapt better there, although he, he's not exactly a... a a, a battler in the corner, so that might be an issue. There are there are things that that Dave Tippett can do, and I and I think what he'll try to do uh, over these next two games is is push uh, um, tourists into the top nine, and and maybe even if if things don't go well early, he might flip Yamamoto and Turris to see if he can get something out of a second line with Turris on it, and mm-hmm. then give that third line a, a, a chance with Yamamoto, which I was curious about. We only got two and a half minutes the other night because of <laughs> yeah. Cassian's injury, but I, I the only reason I can think that he's pushing Turris up there is because he feels like that's a guy he could flip with Yamamoto. Otherwise, I, I, I honestly think there are other options, and, and 
the fact that he isn't going that way makes me think that he may be thinking along those lines. And he can insulate Turris probably better with Nugent or whoever's on that line, right? Yeah. It's, it's, and then Yamamoto kind of probably complements uh, Derek Ryan and Fogo a little bit better as well. Low Tide, I know I asked you this earlier, and it was a quick no from you, but let's just say, say the, the uh, Turris is not working, Sevier's not working, McLeod. There's not anyone in Bakerfield right now that you think can come up and, and, and help, eh? I, I, here's their problem. The guy that they would like to emerge is Raphael Lavoie, yeah. and he has not played well, like, at all. Uh, he had a couple of games on the weekend where it looked like he was engaged and he was touching the puck more, uh, and that sort of went away. You know, the, the, the game he played last night where, you know, you, you rarely noticed him, and that's a bad sign. Uh, Ostap Safin is a big power forward, but he's just getting healthy, and I, I don't see him doing that. I would say Marodi, but I, you know, based on what we know about the Oilers and Dave Tippett as Oilers coach, I think he's a guy they overlook a lot, and yeah. I, and I, you know, I don't know that he's going to add the, the dynamic. Like if you put him in over Turris, I think you have the basically the same guy. They need a more dynamic player than both of those guys. And so I, I doubt he'd be the guy. And Seth Griffith is a, uh, certainly having the best year among the, the order uh, players in Bakersfield who has a signed contract. But he's an undersized guy, probably help you most on the power play and not much on five-on-five. Five. So uh, right now, <laughs> I mean, there's a couple of guys on waivers today. And, yeah. and you know, maybe they, maybe they look at, at picking up some waivers uh, it, it's not a bad idea. I know that, that uh, Blake Como has always been a thorn mm-hmm. in the side of the Edmonton Oilers, so maybe we see a claim tomorrow or not on Blake Como. Yeah, and there's Tanner Caro as well and uh, Rocco Grimaldi from the Nashville Predators. Yeah, so definitely some interesting names, the most interesting names we've seen so far this season. Uh, just a few more for you here. Uh, we were talking a lot about the third pair as well. They struggled mightily in that Detroit game. I was surprised Chris Russell wasn't playing today, but you made a good point. You're like, you're playing a Boston Bruins team. You probably want some size in there. Uh, what's <laughs> I want, like, I like Slater Cuckoo, but this year he's kind of making me look bad. What's What's going on there with that third pair right now, Al? And especially Slater Cuckoo. Well, Cuckoo's a big guy and he's a fast guy, but he's not a defense first guy. And I think people get confused about that. He moves the puck well and he has pretty good offensive instincts, but he'd be best paired with Adam Larson. The problem is, so would Tyson Berry. And so you've got two guys who are you know, kind of have their cannons pointed in one direction and, and nobody who's going to mind the store. And that's why, ideally, you'd, you'd have uh, all, all of the, the, the guys like that playing with a partner who's more of a shutdown type. Now, Adam Larson with Darnell Nurse or Oscar Kleppbaum uh, would be something of an example of that. But the Oilers just don't have enough shutdown guys. And Russell is that player. But, you know, and he could play with, with Barry or Cuckoo, who plays the right side from time to time. But again, he's not a big guy. So the only way it could work, aside from what they're doing, I think, is to run Cuckoo and Russell. But then you've got Barry, a healthy scratch, and they're yeah. just never going to do that. No, 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 not at all. So it, it's going to be interesting to see if they if they go within the system or they bring someone in to kind of improve uh, that pairing. Al, your number one team is the Oilers. Your number two team is the Bruins. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so what do you see happening tonight? I mean, Boston's always dangerous with that top line, but they've been kind of meh this season so far. Uh, Linus Allmark gets a start. Uh, they're not playing Greslick with uh, Charlie McAvoy. Uh, what do you see happening tonight down in Beantown? 
I think that like the Bruins are, are slowly but surely crawling from the early season wreckage, and I think they'll be a really tough out for the Oilers. I'll call it three two Boston in overtime. Oh, okay. And, and the the reason I the reason I feel that way is I think both teams have issues, but you know Boston's home and dry. Uh, the Oilers are. You know, you mentioned earlier when we were on the air together on the lowdown that they, the Oilers seem to have a hard time starting well. Yeah. And if Boston gets the early jump, I think it'll be enough. But it's going to be, it'll be a, a close game, I believe that. Yeah, I know for sure. It should be a fun one. I always like watching games down there in Boston. I just won't watch it with that Edwards guy calling it because he's probably going <laughs> to. Uh, he, he's a treasure. Her name. Oh, he's a, yeah, he's something. I don't know if treasures. <laughs> Al, my friend, uh, look forward to uh, working tomorrow. We got some crossfire action uh, once Beautiful. again, and uh, enjoy the game tonight, my friend. Uh, like always, thank you for your time. Well, I appreciate it, and have a great one. Big shout out to Low Tide for joining me today. Some great breakdown there of uh, everything going on Edmonton Oilers wise. I'm going the other way with my prediction. I'm going to go three two Oilers in overtime. I think they are going to win this game. I think they want to bounce back after a pretty uh, awful. Uh, first 40 minutes in Detroit. What do you guys have for predictions? Who's scoring? You know what? I'm going to say Nugent Hopkins gets off the schneid today. Scores. He's got a ton of assists, but I think he gets on the board for the Edmonton Oilers, and I am picking them to win 3-2 in overtime. Miko Koskinen gets a start, and the only other line change is Kyle Turris draws in for the injured Zach Cassian, and of course you heard it earlier, Mike Smith back to Edmonton for further evaluation, and this is going to be another another good test. It's game 2 of 5 on the Edmonton Oilers road trip. Like always, hit me up on Twitter at Hernan the Man and at Locked On Oilers. I gotta get going here because uh, Connor and Tommy Gazzola gotta do a pre-tape and I'm taking up their studio. So for my producer Juanito, this is the Locked On Oilers podcast. I am Hernan the Man talking Los Petroleros. Enjoy the game tonight.